0: Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Foul tarnished, emboldened by the flame of ambition, trapped in the lands in between. Someone must extinguish thy flame, put these foolish ambitions to rest. I command thee, kneel as we talk, Elden Ring, are Normies Like Us.
1: Shattered, cross fall, to the lands between, to stand before the Elden Ring, and become the Elden Lord. Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Today, we're about to talk about... The cross-platform video game epic in the making. It's an open world of pain and death. Because we're talking Elden Ring on Normies Like Us with your host, Colin Souls Three.
0: All right, I'll be up. Mike got the foul omen,
2: and this is Jacob, the loathsome, the loathsome dung eater. (laughs)
1: <laughs> a that's a eater. that's a
2: reference if you've played elden ring you know the loathsome dung eater yeah, yeah a the in the game.
0: i'm a big fan of the uh the vulgar militia personally what a what a Ooh, crazy group one. of guys but uh yeah, yeah we're talking elden ring uh probably the biggest release of the year up to this point i'm calling it early game of the year contender but yeah the latest wow. in the uh from software game of the year game
2: of the decade can say who can say, no, might who
0: can say? <laughs> but you know right now reviews are good but we'll jump into all that when we talk kind of our initial reviews i haven't been it yet jacob hasn't been in yet colin's been kind of watching us uh but before all that let's kind of bring us up to speed you know we've done one dark souls episode way at the beginning of this podcast it's one of our first episodes ever and now we're kind of revisiting uh hidetaka miyazaki and from software so I want to ask Colin, starting with you, kind of what's your history with FromSoft games, you know, played Souls, not, you know, you know, where are you coming from uh, with your experience with this uh, developer?
1: I'm into the Souls games. I like uh, From software. Um You know, I think I probably said my history in the Dark Souls episode, but like I'd read in a Game Informer, Mike, that Demon's Souls was the, the best game you could buy someone, right? Top rated mm-hmm. or whatever. So I got it for my brother for, what was that, PS3? PS3, 2009, Game of the Year, Demon Souls, yes. I think he was at college, you know, it was a birthday gift. I don't even think he opened it. And then, wow. I, you know, I, it just was not his kind of game. I totally get that in hindsight, not doing more research about it. But, like, it always kind of fascinated me. It was always kind of like my, like, my Maltese Falcon, where I was like, what was that game? You know, like, what is this thing that I'm, like, chasing or whatever? And mm-hmm. when I finally got Dark Souls 1, you know, just like and downloaded on like my Xbox 360 or whatever and realized the connection, I just absolutely fell in love. And, and I really like these series. It was pretty cold on number three uh, that you let me borrow, Mike, because I kind of found mm-hmm. that game to be too easy. Uh, Bloodborne oh. is very challenging, but again, kind of like it didn't hit that spot for me what I wanted with the more mythological and watching you guys play Elden Ring has just been <laughs> such a delight, and looks to feed the junkie in me of of what I want out of a game that just kills your pedal. But we'll talk all oh, about yeah. that. Yeah, the Jacob, only thing
0: barring you from playing it quickly is the yeah. fact that PS5s are unavailable. And we'll talk about yes. that. You don't have, PS5 five, you don't have a we'll, PC or a gaming that computer,
1: them. yeah. We'll, we'll yeah, talk about but that. I
0: definitely uh, the <clears throat> medieval side scratches my itch more with their work than some of the spin-offs But you know, we'll get there, Jacob. Right? How, what's your history with uh, the old FromSoft?
2: Well, um, first of all, I want to say I think we have the perfect spectrum of people mm. to talk about this because we have Colin the Watcher hasn't played it yet. We have <laughs> Mike, the Dark Souls expert, the FromSoft expert, and we have me. I've, uh, you know, my history wow. with FromSoft, uh, the only one I've really gotten into before was now it. was, you know it, if you've seen our early episodes, Come you know on. it became a meme. <laughs> you know what it is. Bloodborne! Yeah! Bloodborne! Uh, <laughs> Bloodborne, yes. Uh, to me, that was my favorite. I've, I mean, I've tried Dark Souls, I've tried Dark Souls 3. Didn't really stick with me too much, but Bloodborne was the one where I really powered through and was into it. And I think that just comes down to the difference in combat styles, basically, whereas Dark Souls, it's more of a methodical wait for your moment, then attack. Bloodborne had the mechanic of getting your health back by responding with an attack. So I like that, the more aggressive uh, play style, which I think carries over to my Elden Ring play style. Uh, But I think we have the perfect spectrum of feel because we have Mike, the the Dark Souls expert, and then me, I've played a lot of open world games. I've played all the major open world games probably Mm -hmm. other than Breath of the Wild, I think, because I don't have a... Nintendo system. And Colin's um, got
0: us covered there with Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah. Sure.
2: So I feel like I'm kind of the open world expert. And you know what this game is, it's open world Dark Souls. So we've got all the bases covered. And mm, uh, I'm like excited to talk about it.
0: Yeah. We've got the perfect uh, D&D party of how to analyze. The <laughs> yes. Exactly. So and then we've got Colin, the Watcher. Well, yeah. But
1: Let's talk about the expert then. Now, Mike, yeah. like the reason we did the early Dark Souls episode, we pitched Nermies like us, what is Normies Like Us? You know, you talk about topics that, like, everybody kind of knows, likes, has general opinions. We're throwing stuff out, and you go, like... And, of course, Dark Souls, which is widely considered by gamers to be, like, the game of all time. We're like, okay, yeah, and we did it. It's your favorite series ever? Yeah, yeah, I'd say 100%. I think it's, it's
0: the generational series. I mean, when you say most important game ever, greatest game ever. It's like, I don't know, is that Pong? Is that Mario? Is that Pac-Man? Is that Mario Minecraft? 64? Who he is Super it's Mario Minecraft.
1: World, by the way. But so. for this generation. Uh, I believe
0: it's Minecraft. But yeah, <laughs> Minecraft. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Candy Crush um, Farmville. <laughs> but this uh, series of the Souls games created a new genre. I would say like the newest genre of, you know, the modern era, the Souls-like games. So it's hugely influential. I love them. I've been playing them since Demon's Souls. The last one I played up to the remake on PS5, and, you know, I've beaten them all except Bloodborne, which a lot of people say is the best one, oh. so I still need to get around to that, but, uh, yeah, I, I love this series. Uh, Demon Souls, the original, is my favorite, but that does not necessarily mean best, and you I'll be discussing the best at the end of this. You are the only
1: one of us who has played Sekiro, and is that is that just the widest swing for them? in your opinion. That's it's more um, about
2: parrying. It's more. It's less about dodging and blocking, more about parrying and reposting. right?
0: It's even more of, let's say, a rhythm game. It's about getting your parries timed with the enemy swings. It's the most difficult the combat has been in any of these. Uh, oh, but wow. there's a jump button, which was a first, and that carries over. So I would just say, uh, right uh. before we jump into it, Elden Ring is kind of a, a culmination of everything um, that... FromSoft yes. has learned making everything from Demon Souls to Bloodborne to Sekiro to the Dark Souls series. There's elements of all of those games in this. And it's like the perfect balance, let's yes. tease, uh, of those elements. And they all have a, a role to play in in the way the game uh, allows for player expression. So it's, it's going to be an interesting
1: conversation. They do. I'm very excited to talk about the mechanics. Obviously, we're going to talk about the story as well, Mike. Um, and I just want to point out, very famously... You had not seen Game of Thrones previous to doing this podcast and then mm-hmm. watched it all and did a very, what I consider one of our most famous, fantastic, go back and check our thoughts on you know Game of Thrones through that whole run. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. Wink, wink. Maybe that mm-hmm. will make sense in a bit. Let's dive oh. in. Let's, uh, let's hit it. Let's talk Elden Ring. We're back uh we're your hosts but of course we're here in our mythical lounge with two giant fingers that we're about to slip on the elden ring too because the that's two
0: right, fingers the Brodo of the two. he always fingers.
1: comes up he's always there for us <laughs> that's
0: right yep yep i need to mod that into the soundtrack <laughs> anyway uh back here talking the elden ring we uh colin tease it up top you know game of thrones i never watched it um until i i was you know finally hooked by you guys' conversation and praised for it and uh, so we have a connection with that george r, r. martin author of game of thrones uh has some involvement with this and early on yes. that was a big draw for um like a lot of people really excited about that they obviously one of the best world building game developers and uh, game directors hidetaka miyazaki with his previous work um many of them considered masterpieces George R. R. Martin with his world building and the masterpiece that Game of throne phenomenon that has become working together to create a very grim, dark world. And I think the two of them, I don't think anyone likes killing their characters or players more than they do. So mm. it's a match made in hell. True. Or having, you know, True. depending on how you look at it. So, um, and really,
2: from, yep. You know, how much is he involved? No one really knows, you know, to the level, but it's generally, uh, you know, knowing that he kind of did the, the lore, the backstory of, of the different characters of the, the kings and queens that kind of make up this this realm. So he's obviously really good at world building and genealogies and that kind of thing. So I think that was his main uh, input into this. And then Miyazaki just took it and put all his weird shit on top of that, right?
0: It's like here's all your proper nouns for your main characters. Here's your proper nouns for your lands. Here's right. how they're related to one another politically, or you know, based on uh, belief, etc. And then they just kind of all right. Let's l- throw some berserk on top of it, and then <laughs> that's pretty much the cake. <laughs> let's put some uh, weird made.
2: dogs in there, some some birds with knives on their feet, and
0: you got to get. Yeah, it. yeah, call it a day. You know, typical From Software stuff. So. That seems to be the involvement. And uh Colin said open world. I mean, looking at this thing, like from the perspective of the watcher, Colin, when we're playing it, like does it feel inspired by George R. R. Martin at all, just on its face, its presentation, the way these kingdoms are kind of related? Not even a bit. Not
1: even a little bit. Um, <laughs> not even a little bit. Jacob, our our George R. R. Martin expert, is there like any standout moment or character? Is there like a big fat guy who like rambles <laughs> on a monologue for like two hours about how good the meat pies are, like in traditional uh, George
0: R.R. fashion? There might be someone like no. that. I just haven't found him. <laughs> there's,
1: there's there one,
2: could be. I think there's one sort of Easter egg Game of Thrones reference in this, and there's the, the grafted hand. great sword that you can get, oh. which is a sword. Uh, it's a colossal sword. That's a that's a basically a bunch of swords fused together, like the Iron Throne in Game Uh, of Thrones, but as a sword. I think that's that's a Game of Thrones reference. There's also the Berserk uh, gut sword from Berserk is also in the game, and that's a reference to Berserk. Obviously, there's also a lot of visual references to Berserk. Uh, Yeah, so not too much not too much of a, a game of Thrones influence much. that George I've George. seen
0: no well I I kind of what I was taking away from it and there will be light spoilers here and there again neither of us has beaten the game I'm about mm. 80 hours in Jacob oh, the how game many is hours are you in
2: incomprehensibly huge I'm about 60 hours in and I keep finding new areas where I think I'm like okay I think I'm getting towards like the third act of this game oh no here's an entire new area that I have unlocked wow. now yeah I yeah. keep doing that.
0: It keeps getting bigger. I found a new area today, you know. So it, it's, it's massive, and I yeah. guess from the George R. R. Martin uh, of it all, uh, you, Game of Thrones famously has that opening that shows the map, and it's very clear mm. to understand where each region is mm. located and how that might politically ally or you know work with each other. So when you're starting to explore the map of this game, like right at the outset, once you create your character and kind of enter the world, I felt like being the first open world souls game, there's this connection to it and there's no loading screens. Like you could just ride from one point of the map to the other. So you'll be in one kingdom. That seems like they got their shit together. And then you ride three, four minutes the other way. And now you're in another kingdom where all hell is broken loose. There's monsters and monstrosities. And it's like, yeah, okay. There's crazy shit going on. So being able to travel like seamlessly between these regions did give me that feel of game of Thrones where it's like, okay, Mm. I know clearly when I'm, you know, um, you know it you know with the starks in, right you know anything like that like it yeah you start in the that, first area yeah. telegraphs very clearly
2: yeah the first area is like very nice there's grass some nice sun sunny skies and then you go one area over and then you're in like a totally different region where you know everything's trying to kill like you basically cool it's yeah it's like a
0: hellscape right right yeah oh, you know, man, and I you go north and it's hogwarts right it's like there's all this var- variety
2: yeah um, But I'm really excited to talk about the open world design in this game because I feel like it's one of the most interesting, not just, uh, you know, from the FromSoft Dark Souls angle, but from an open world angle, it's one of the most unique open world games that I've ever played. So I'm very excited to just get into all of that.
0: Yeah. And Colin, let me ask you, because, you know, you played Dark Souls 1 and like famously, a lot of people credit Dark Souls 1, especially the first, let's say, two thirds of the game. Um, with having some of the strongest level design in in gaming history, a lot of the shortcuts that loop back around and stuff. Mm. Um, Does the open world, like, does it still kind of, you know, do you get the sense that there's the same attention to detail and kind of love and care kind of put into what you've seen so far?
1: I am reminded of those times with Dark Souls where you would literally, like, move the analog stick, shift your camera perspective and be like, Oh, my God. I can walk around this thing, you know, the barest edge or whatever, you know, and it does Mm -hmm. open up like you guys are saying. Um, Yeah, I would say watching you guys go through Elden Ring and the fact that it's just, I mean, not only does it seem just like truly tremendously endless, but, uh, you know, Mike, in the same way that you said uh, Sekiro or Sekiro adds the the jumping Mm -hmm. element. We kind of have to talk about the first exploratory element added to this thing for the first time for Mm -hmm. a Souls game. The horse. I mean, you guys are literally traversing so much ground that it's like, we got to give you a fucking steed right away, right?
2: Yeah, they have the horse. Well, first of all, they have jumping in this game as well. And I think that adds a whole new angle to level design Um, and the horse as well, because it would be you know, impossible to get around this world without the horse, the speed that your character can move. So that's a great addition. Uh, and there is also the legacy dungeons. So if you want that same level design from Dark Souls, they have that incorporated into this game uh, with legacy dungeons that are that style uh, mm. throughout this game. So you'll be, you know, in a pasture and then you'll ride up to, um, you know, the castle or wherever you're trying to go and it kind of transitions into that old school Dark Souls leveling. So wow, a lot of yes. variety in this game and a lot of ways to get around.
0: Yeah, so a lot of people were concerned, you know, some Souls fans were like, oh, it's gonna be open world, which means we won't have this kind of carefully considered encounter design that, you know, From Software is known for having really thoughtful encounter design that's meant to teach you something. But in order for that to happen, they have to know which direction you're coming. Because if you come in from the back door, all of a sudden, that's out the window. So, open world, you can go anywhere, whatever direction you want. How are they going to do that? That was answered with the Legacy Dungeons. But the open world itself, first of all, it's stunning. It's it's a hellscape at times, but it's never not gorgeous. Cool. Yeah. But Jacob, as kind of the expert of open worlds, you know, people were also worried, like, it's, it's just going to be empty and boring. Like, Dark Souls yeah. 2, like, they're like, oh, it's just so empty here. It's big, but it's empty. Like, how does it feel, you know, from a right. population of density? Is there enough there to keep you engaged or is it lacking?
2: I think there is. And I think part of it is the geography of this open world is so well done. Everything is so well considered. Like, it's like they sculpted this, this geography. Height is a big factor in a lot of things. Um, you know, you look at, you know, the popular open world games, Far Cries, your Witcher 3s, your, uh, you know, Assassin's Creeds, Post Odyssey, um, or Origins. Uh, mm-hmm. I've you know I've played them all, and they all kind of follow a formula. There's that Ubisoft formula. You've got the you know you've got a, a checklist of things to do. You've got things pointing you where to go all the time. You got to collect ten flowers or whatever, turn them in. <laughs> uh, this game Catch takes a very base. different approach. Yeah, this game it doesn't really tell you. Like, it gives you a general direction. It's like, oh, you need to go to that castle or whatever. And then it's just like, go explore. And I think that's what the genius of this game is uh, that you don't, okay, so you don't fight the, you don't go to the boss right away, right? If you try to go to the boss, the first boss in the game that you have to beat story-wise, you're going to get stomped. It wants you to go explore the world first and, you know. Figure out what's going on, level up a little bit, and get some experience before you face them. And I think the wor- the level, you know, the world design really encourages that sense of
0: exploration. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, the 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 open world it, it offers. This is, I would say, because all Souls games, right? Everyone jokes, oh, they don't tell you what to do, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's part of it. You know, they they want you to figure it out. It's like when you booted up Metroid, you get dropped in there, and Super Nintendo. You just have to start exploring. And that's kind of, right. they wanted to bring some of that old like, Nintendo difficulty. That was their intent with Demon's Souls, and it's always been there. So everyone's like, oh, you know, Souls games are really hard. But because of the open world, it allows um, this to be the most accessible, in my opinion, of any of the From Software Souls games. I totally agree. Because you can with you. explore and level up, like you said.
2: Yeah, I do think it's the most accessible, but they have that accessibility without sacrificing the difficulty and, you know, what these games are known for. They're able to translate that difficulty while making it accessible. And I think the reason for that is if you get stuck on a boss in Dark Souls, you kind of can't progress the game until you beat that <laughs> boss, right? Until you beat mm-hmm. that area. This game, if All you I get stuck on a smoke, boss... we looking at you. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. go back and farm souls from like earlier levels, but eventually you got to move on this game. If you get stuck on a boss, you can just fuck off and just walk somewhere else for the you know th- next 30 minutes and find a whole new adventure. You can literally walk in any direction in this game and just make your own adventure. And like, you could literally play this game for like 20 hours and, just exploring before even approaching the first boss. That's
0: legitimately what I did. Yeah. Wow. Because a big thing in early Souls games, especially when you're, Getting into speed running, which you know, I'll have a brief <laughs> note on that. But like, I, I I try to speed run some of these games, or even when you played them enough times, you just use speed run strats to get through some of the bullshit that you've done a hundred times. Right. But like, a big thing is you go do suicide runs. You'll go to areas that you're clearly not leveled for, just pick just up try item. to steal all the loot on the ground, yeah, and then build your character. But this is so massive. I literally spent twenty hours riding my horse into all the areas where everything is killing me in one hit grabbing whatever I could off the ground, dying. But then now I have all this yeah. loot and then I leveled up my, so it was 20 hours before I even engaged with the story content. And, and I'm that's sure just s- testament. you could beat a whole game in that much time. Right. Yeah.
2: And I'm sure speedrunners are yeah. going to have fun, like figuring out the best routes uh, because this game you is can't. so massive that there's going to be different ways to approach even speedrunning. It's going to take a while. Yeah. I think before anyone figure out like the perfect, like most optimal path, they got um, it down to an hour
0: already, but we'll see what. Yeah, <laughs> which is that's insane. insane. Yeah, well, but Hold on. I want to back hour.
1: up to something you guys said yeah. because that is the most tremendous compliment either of you could pay this game. The fact that it does mm. not sacrifice its quality while maintaining this level of difficulty yeah. and yes. that you say yes. it's the most accessible game that's ever come to this franchise. Now, yeah. yeah. I want to propose to you both. If a. I think this is a mm. legacy thing. I know you threw out Metroid, Mike. But if Dark Souls or Miyazaki um, Game Mastered Games didn't have this air of difficulty already, do do you guys think that a new game could come along and be this purposely obtuse or, you know, so difficult? And wouldn't it just get criticized to death for just being hard? Maybe. Well,
2: I think this game has been criticized. There's been a whole difficulty discourse around this game,
0: which... uh, with not, every one of them, but this yeah. is the one that more people are playing. Because but because yeah, this has become so the most mainstream,
2: discourse. the biggest <laughs> yeah. seller from FromSoft ever. But yeah, talking about that accessibility, I you know, Dark Souls—they're not games for everybody. Like I would not recommend them Fair. to casual mm-hmm. gamers. I said my they're brother didn't everyone. like it. Yeah,
0: some this people game, don't like spicy peppers. It's fine. Yeah, this game, <laughs> well, right. maybe
2: not for everybody. I, I would I would recommend it to a, a wider variety of people. Because like I said, if you don't, if you get stuck on a boss, there's also like 70 more bosses in this game. There's so many side bosses. So you can just literally go do anything. And so you can and you know you can do whatever you want. And I think also with the difficulty, which we can get into, the there's no easy mode in this game, mm-hmm. right? That's what people yeah, are always asking for. Put an easy mode in, Miyazaki says no. The easy mode is your play style. So there's, so there's a variety of play styles, right? You can use magic, you can use summons, you can be a range, you can use your bow. Uh, and, you know, generally the magic is like the easy mode in Dark Souls. And I think they really beefed up the magic mm-hmm. in this game. So if you really wanna take a, an easier path through this game, focus on sorcery, build up your stats, and you can like one shot the bosses with different spells and stuff.
0: Yeah. And so to back up a little bit from Colin's yeah. point, it's like, oh, these are always been difficult. Uh, you know, D- Demon Souls was started out with the premise of, we want you to be rewarded through figuring it out yourself. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of hard fights in that game, but an equal number of the bosses in that game are like puzzles, where it's like, you just got to kind of figure out the trick. And it's like, you're rewarded for figuring out the trick. I like it that. wasn't until Dark Souls where, like, it got a reputation for being so hard that Bandai Namco is like, we're going to lean into that. Mm. And, like, your games are not about exploration and discovery. It's about get good, kind of. Right. So the identity of these series is kind of informed by the Bandai Namco marketing as much as it is the design mm. of Miyazaki himself. And they have now so that a reputation, reputation. it's a little yeah. bit inflated. Yeah, now they have totally. to live up to it. So everything's got to be bigger and badder and harder. Right, but... Um, and this addresses true. that, well, like Jacob's saying... Yeah bosses not, will wreck you yeah sorry i'm just so excited to talk about it i keep going off on tangents but <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no i know but yeah yeah let me wrap this up because yeah, 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 it's back of exactly what you're saying like you could yeah. do magic that's easy mode um even in demon souls he said if you want an easier time i suggest you pick the royal which Interesting. is the magic starting mm. class so he's been saying magic is easy mode but um because it brings elements from every other souls game the level of player expression has never been higher, just like Jacob said. Totally. You can do whatever you want, and everything is viable. And if you want to run around naked and get killed in one hit, you can do that. Or if you want to have magic and stay far away and kill everything else in one hit, you can do that. And the amount of player expression with the Sekiro jumping and their stealth mechanics now, you can sneak up on guys. That's never been in anything but Sekiro. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of variety of player expression.
2: Yeah, it's truly... Pick your own, you know. Choose your own adventure. Choose your own difficulty through your play style.
0: Love that. And
2: so, Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes your difficulty.
0: That's perfect. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and that's what makes this game so genius is that they were able to translate the the difficulty of these Dark Souls games into an accessible open world game that anyone could pick up and enjoy uh, without sacrificing that difficulty. I think that's what makes this game so genius.
0: Yeah, and a big part of souls, you know, there's a toxic toxic side of the community that's like, oh, you use the spirit ashes, which right. are like Pokemon, like you get these enemies that you can summon to help you in battle. Like, oh, you're not you're not really playing the game right. It's like, well, if it's in the game, and you're this allowed is how to use it.
2: Yeah, and this is the first game that has those. Like, there have been summons where you can summon yeah. other players NPCs. or even NPCs. But this Solaire, is a shout out. Yeah. Yeah, this is a whole dynamic in the game where you collect these different ashes and they're like little ghost pets that you can summon and they can take, mm-hmm. you know, they can tank damage. They can kind of draw the boss away from you. And it just makes it so that you don't have to get good to beat this game. You just have to, you know, choose a different playstyle, and you can still enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And I want to say like to people, you know, there's the gatekeeping or the get good side of the community. Like we say it as a joke because sometimes someone's like, oh, how do I beat this boss? And like literally the only advice is you're just going to have to get good. Like at a certain point, if you're summoning and you don't know the move set, it's like I can show you how to do a kickflip 100 times, but at some point you're going to have to figure it out and land it. Yeah. Like you're just going to have to do it. So the get good is just, you're eventually just going to have to push through. figure it out. But you can go level up, you can get stronger. But if you take kind of pleasure or pride yourself in feeling superior to people who used summons in yeah. a game like they paid 60 bucks for it who the hell cares and it makes me not want to <laughs> be proud time. of you for doing something more difficult because you're being a jerk about it right yeah. so if and if you, you want to it hard yeah if you want to be the hard way
2: that's great too like don't put people down that's all yeah if you're one of those people that says like oh if you use summons you didn't really play you didn't really play the game that's actually completely opposite of what Soft is saying, because they're saying, we're giving you all these different tools. You can choose your
0: own play style that works for you. I've played uh, Pyromancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, that's the soul level one. You could beat Dark Souls 1 as a Pyromancer at level one. I've done it. And even and, you with, know, you know, it's, know like, it's all there. Yeah, and with Magic, I've seen
2: videos of people like, you know, going up to the first boss and just one shotting him. But you also mm-hmm. have to do a lot of preparation for that. You have to level up your character. You have to get the right spells. Use your brain. You can't just do that from day one, right? So you still have to put the work in. You have to grind it out. But this game, the way the open world is, it makes it so easy to do that. It's inviting
0: you just to go explore and find your own fun. You know what's incredible about what kind of again the shortcut? It circled all the way back around to the open world because the difficulty is tied so much with that because of the things in the open world. Because we don't only have legacy dungeons, you know, we have smaller like mines where you'll get materials to upgrade your weapons, which sometimes upgrading your weapons is more important than upgrading your character. You'll have Uh, heroes graves, which is like a different kind of puzzle that offers a different kind of unique reward at the bottom. So there's different areas that serve different functions and give you different loot. So like even the caves and the random areas, they're serving a specific function as far as how you level up or get stronger. So by exploring the open world, you'll make your weapon stronger. You'll find new spells and by way of that, you know, either set up your character perfectly or mitigate difficulty you know, whatever floats your boat, but it's all out in the open world and tied right. to it. And, you know. and there's lots of side bosses,
2: like generally in all those mines and those different side dungeons, mm-hmm. there's usually a mini boss or a
0: boss that you can fight at the end of it. And I think there's there like, might be weaker, let potentially, unless you go way too far than yeah. the story boss. So you can kind of warm there's up, so get, many better, get some points that even if yeah. you get
2: stuck and trust me, I'm not very good at, from soft games like i'm not a combat expert i get stuck a lot on a lot of different bosses and i'll just fuck off go do something else for a couple hours come back when i'm a little higher level or something and just do it that way
1: Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about the result. We talked about the the hardness, um, but facing a boss or a mini boss, you're going to die. Okay, let's talk death oh, yeah. for a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Miyazaki was quoted today saying, players need to learn to accept the deaths, which is an incredibly philosophical thing for a man to <laughs> say, I think, and kind of weighty and mm-hmm. stuff. I'll ask you guys right now, not only yes. how do you cope and handle with it and keep moving forward, whatever, all that good stuff, but uh, Jacob, what is your highest death count for an encounter right now? Do you know? Oh, um,
2: or maybe it's the yeah, number of hours. A
1: how long? I it mean, I've had you, bosses yeah.
2: <laughs> that have taken me 20 tries, 30 tries. Maybe I don't always keep track. 30 um, tries. But I want to use an example. So, like, mm-hmm. when you first come out into the open world after the tutorial, right? You There is a boss. Everyone knows oh, yeah. it. It's called the Tree Sentinel. <laughs> and he's this it's guy. It's the first yeah, boss you, you walk see. walk out. No spoiler. And this yeah. is what I think there's a misunderstanding with people who are either new to these games, don't know that much about them. So, you walk out into this landscape. The first thing you see is this giant guy in gold armor on a horse, right? And you think, oh, that must be, like, the first enemy I need to fight. You go up to him you get your shit smacked, right? You just get destroyed, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> um, smacks smacks your, your shit smacked. He smacks your shit.
2: So you think, oh, okay. Try to fight him a couple more times and you just get annihilated each time. And you realize, well, you should realize that maybe you're not meant to fight this guy yet and you should go explore. But a lot of people will just get stuck on that boss and think, well, I need to kill this guy before I move on. And they'll just keep bashing their head against the wall. And I think that's where some of the uh, you know, confusion comes from from people who have. There's a lot of people that might have bought this game and then returned it in like two hours and said, "Oh, it's terrible! I didn't understand it. Like I just got killed every time." These games were hard. They were just as hard as
0: they yeah. told me they were. Right. Like, but I think oh, that boss man. is kind
2: of a lesson to teach you. Oh, you're getting annihilated. Go do some other stuff and come back when you're a little bit stronger. And
0: and it's not an Ubisoft game. Nothing pops up to say, if an enemy is too strong, explore the yeah. area around you. It's no, this just game, like, it doesn't hold fuck, your hand. You I'll is. say that it's, it's an, ex- it's <laughs> the most all. accessible
2: from soft game, but it does not hold your hand. It doesn't even hold no. your fingers. <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, it's not
0: That's for a everyone. good example though, because a lot of people would hit that as a brick yeah. wall and they would and bash up, up against it, bash up against it, um, before realizing they need to explore. But then some people like our, our friend, Adam, um, he spent 8 hours right when he started the game fighting it at base huh. level on foot it's easier to engage he's a Dark when you Soul's get better your like you're supposed to come yeah, back course. later but he's very good so he knew that it deal. took him 8 hours and he beat it on foot and that was his personal challenge and he doesn't right. look oh down upon God. people who came no, back some 10 people hours later do it the hard and slapped way, them.
2: but i yeah. you shouldn't look down on anyone who beats the game they beat the game if they get the you achievement know. in steam or whatever it's like you know you're not any different because you use summons or anything like that yeah
0: yeah but as far as dying uh be prepared to dark souls one has been saying that prepare to die um i look at the souls games as lessons in how to cope with loss you know no matter how much you lose you can always get it back even if you lose a hundred thousand souls or runes as they're called to level up just stay calm it's just game that being said uh i think a lot of our friends are some of the most calm people that i know Every one of us on Discord has raged and been like, "Oh yeah, I hate this game. Bullshit game of the year, but I hate it. I hate it. Ten out of ten. You know, it's like you kind of have that relationship, that love hate, Um, and it does happen. And a lot of it comes down to your build. I mean, like my build, I like to use a two handed, you know, great sword. You're a naked boy. And I just do as much damage as possible, but I don't run run around. I want to be able to roll quickly. Giant club, (laughs) boink. Yeah, big boink, big." Yeah. Banca, for banca, me, banca, you know, so I banca. just jump around. And My smack play shit. style is
2: very different. I chose the samurai class when I first started, uh, which you start with a katana, and I was like, "Oh, I'm in!" And it's a you know a dex strength build, uh, what's awesome. known as a quality build as a uh, quality for me. Ah, but interesting. Uh, so it's a much more faster mm-hmm. pace kind of like get in, kill him before he can kill me kind of thing. Um, so I use more dexterity. Mm-hmm. That's the thing you can do. Like I said, you can use magic. You can – there's a lot of different play styles.
0: And what I'll say for Souls games, and this is from um, Bonfire Side Chat. Great podcast. They kind of got me into podcasting in general. They would talk about the Souls games. Wow. They're now doing a series on Elden Ring. Check out the Patreon. But they coined this phrase that is, uh, Souls games will find your mm. weakness. So no matter what playstyle you That's have, there will be some boss – That is your brick wall. And maybe your friend can just walk right through it. And a lot of that's play style. A lot of it's experience. So for me, I get one shot. So there's bosses. You're a glass cannon. Yeah, I probably have to try 40, 50 times just because one mistake and I'm done. But the satisfaction I get from being naked and finally doing it is worth it to me personally. Meanwhile, someone like Jacob, he could stack up bleed or poison and stuff because he's getting more hits per second. If I whiff... If I whiff against a fast boss, for. it's probably going to stun knock me to death. Yeah, I need to make contact. Well, wanna, so it's all in a, how yeah, you want to approach I it. I want to go
2: back to what you're saying about dying, how basically every death is a mm-hmm. lesson. If you mm-hmm. died, you probably did something wrong, and you can learn from that and improve. It's generally yeah. your fault. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes <laughs> it's the camera. Sometimes you fall off a ledge you didn't know was there. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know it's but there, I think that, so that that don't do that idea, next That time. philosophy yeah. <laughs> of using death as a lesson is so interesting because a lot of people when they die too much in a video game they just get annoyed by it and just quit and they say why am i dying all the time they don't learn and realize that you're supposed to die a lot in the beginning and dark souls has it's even written into the lore of why you're dying you know you're you're a character who's going hollow Mm -hmm. right so you you're dying and being reborn it's part of the lore so i think that's a really interesting mechanic um of these games
0: yeah. And that's been, death is supposed to be a teacher, demon souls. Again, 101, that was Miyazaki's philosophy. We 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 don't want it to be unfair. And and they're not unfair. Like if you you get angry and you're like, oh, this boss is bullshit, that attacks bullshit. If you really look at it objectively, nine times out of 10, 9.9 times out of 10, yeah. it's not. Like there's a way for you to do it. If you use your brain, you learn from... You know uh, your past experience and look at the toolkit that's provided you whether that's spirit ashes or you know putting a buff on your there's there's mechanics in place it, having a friend help you like there's a lot right. you can do to overcome these things and it's it's usually and in control um it's when you get emotional and blame and you other things do and don't take accountability <laughs> for yeah. your actions uh, now we're doing real life stuff right there's a lot of lessons that you can apply to real life with these games, I think. Yeah, and that's,
2: yeah, that's sure. kind of my my boss uh, cycle is I'll just get more and more frustrated. I'll start to spiral, and then I play worse. But the best feeling when you play these games is fighting a boss for a long time, dying, 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 finally understanding how you can beat him, finally getting his attack patterns Let's down. Click. And when you finally, yes, when you finally beat him, that feeling is so good. And I had this with Bloodborne too, where it's like that boss, they gave you trouble mm-hmm. for so long. You finally understand how to beat him and you can do it. And it's a real sense of accomplishment that I don't feel with a lot of games, you know?
1: The Dark Souls games to me, it's uh, yeah. I become that anime or manga, or whatever it's it is One Punch Man, where literally I oh, yeah. thirst for the challenge. I am jealous yeah. of every death you guys have experienced because that means you are playing this game. And, and like I said, I want that encounter that pushes it over the threshold. Yeah. The thing that makes the first Dark Soul so fascinating is walking through that graveyard for the first time and coming across that skeleton. Mm-hmm. I, we've said this a thousand times before and a skeleton is the common enemy of every fantasy thing that's ever been made, but it doesn't matter if you are Mm -hmm. the lowest class or life form in Dark Souls or the end game boss. Everything is deadly and dangerous at all times. It pushes your mental acuity. It pushes your sense of observation, skill, um, hand-eye coordination to constantly be on edge and do that, and it's akin to... I said it before, but super Mario of look, it doesn't matter if you're Bowser or a fucking toadstool thing or a little mushroom walking at you. One touch kills you. That's how it used to be in video Mm -hmm. games. And I think Elden Ring really
2: lives up to that legacy too, because literally anything can kill you in this game and will kill you. And if you underestimate even a common enemy and get cornered or get overwhelmed, it can be over in a second. Mm -hmm. And that's, a lot of my deaths non-boss related when I'm just going through different parts of the dungeon are like that where, um,
1: well, even Mike, I have seen you chase a dog thinking dog easy and a pack comes at you and it's like pack. Not so easy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you get completely jumped by it. Yeah. It keeps you honest, right? What you say, Jacob? Because like you get you get a little lazy. Yeah, yeah. If you That's underestimate
2: it. any common enemy, and this happens this probably my most deaths in the open world have just been mm-hmm. trying to get past someone and uh underestimating them and just getting, you know, destroyed. And then I have to come back, I have to get my runes yeah. again. It's a whole thing.
1: Never take your eye off the ball. It's the yep. oldest lesson in games. It's Mm-mm. the first games we played.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, you know looking at the difficulty and the variety of play in the open world i mean they've obviously achieved something really in my mind really special with this um and it's unlike you know any it's like you know the souls games but it's unlike any open world game i've played you know to a large degree and the fact that this is their first open world they've ever done is is kind of incredible because it just keeps going like it is massive i can't stress that enough and it's dense there's there's always stuff to do like like in those dungeons where you can get ganged up on or the mines or the you know the hero's graves which are like puzzles catacombs are like little puzzles too you got to like find out how to navigate Amazing. it to open the secret door there's always a lever that opens a secret door that's got the treasure and they have a specific kind of treasure Keep right an eye so, out for fake walls all these guys. things. yeah totally yeah hidden walls yeah that's a good. That's a good transition, Colin. No, maybe it's it's time to mention uh, the community aspect of of this game, because uh, there, there's a lot of social features that even if you're not, you know, doing PvP, you're definitely interacting with. Uh, so let's talk about that real quick.
1: Back, we're talking Elden Rings now. We're talking a Souls Born game, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. We should explain what that Soulsborne is. Which is course, um, a, <laughs> a ring, sorry, <laughs> we'll put that That's word what on there. The yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Miyazaki verse of this type of game, right? Um, mm-hmm. And there has always been a social element. Now, you brought this up, Mike, but uh, in the past, yeah. there's these, been these things like soapstones or whatever that you know has encouraged communication but I would say malicious communication and it's interesting how Elden Ring <laughs> changes that
0: yeah 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 so so generally uh, multiplayer and Souls games been around since Demon Souls and I want to tell this quick anecdotal story uh, Miyazaki was driving up a snowy hill and then cars were getting stuck so then the car behind them would just get behind it and push it over the hill and then the car behind them would get them over the hill and it would just keep happening and, like, everybody did it without kind of communicating with each other. Mm. It just became, this is how we're going to help. And he's like, man, you know that guy who helped me out? Like, I wonder what his life is like. You know, would, would we be friends if we met in real life? Would we be enemies? I don't know. But, you know, he helped me without knowing me. So, he liked the idea of interacting with strangers wow. for either a common goal. But then, ooh, also maybe, you know, they're an, an antagonist to you. So, that's how you had uh, cooperative summons and invaders who will come kill you. So, that's been around... And then the communication of the messages, you, you can't type whatever you want. It's a rudimentary system that has nouns, you know, verbs, adverbs, concepts, enemy names, place names. And you can, like, fill in templates, you know, beware Fortnite, of large Fortnite. enemy. Yeah. But yeah now people's we're getting creativity
2: Fortnite. with those, you know, s-
0: small selection of words is, is pretty funny, though, right? <laughs> And you end up with always in every game. There's generally a couple joke uh, <laughs> messages that every game has. It, it's set, and we're starting to see the memes. in Demon Souls. It was try sticky white stuff. Uh, in Dark Souls, <laughs> it was great chest ahead in front of every female, and imp- like dumb stuff
1: like that. <laughs> yeah. So now, Jacob, you know, can you imagine being the first guy who sees a dragon and puts dog down? And you, it just everybody yeah. else is doing it. So to, to discuss some
0: of these fun memes, yeah, what yeah. are some of the fun uh, Elden Ring well, the classic messages that are out? That
2: have, yeah, there's the classic that has been a holdover from Dark Souls, right, where any ledge there'll be a message that says, try jumping. And then you yeah. jump off and you die. And, and it's Very funny, right? <laughs> <the beginning.
0: laughs> yes, yes. Try jumping. Uh, I think
2: yeah. a big one in this game, because people are trying to find those uh, illusory walls so much, and they're kind of rare in this game, there's only certain areas that'll have them, but... Mm-hmm. Generally, you know, any wall you look at there's always a message that'll say, you know, item ahead or yeah, there's always yeah. a so got to just try though. it, you know. Yeah, yeah there's I always try a chance. It, and 99% it never works. But a lot of jokesters in here and of course you get your try finger butthole, those kind of <laughs> things. You get your Fortnite, like you said. Yes,
0: which Dog. the Fortnite it's just literally saying the words fort at night. Um, you want to tell them about people in Japan getting confused yes. by the Fortnite so obviously, message. the Fortnite meme here makes sense because it's in English, fort and night, you know. Uh, but in Japanese, it's literally the kanji for fort and the kanji for night, which is not phonetically Fortnite, the game title. So they're waiting by these fortresses <laughs> thinking something happens at night, right? And they're just waiting for nightfall, thinking like they think a special it's like enemy's an gonna come, or, or there's an event, great. yeah, and like nothing happened. Like, why are they Fortnite? It's just funny because there
2: are literal bosses in this that you can only fight at night, and you have to come back at a certain right. time of day to Some fight of them. That them. might
0: be near forts too, so there's like a confirmation <laughs> happening, a false yeah. confirmation, you know. But I do love this
2: angle of community, these shared messages. You know, one game that I think kind of tries to expand on this concept is actually uh, Death Stranding. Kojima, mm, right? Yes. Death Stranding has a big community great. aspect where you can put up zip lines and different things that other people oh, yeah. can then use. It's Very sort of a shared world. Connecting yeah. the world. Yeah. So I feel like he was really trying to build on that concept with, with Death Stranding. Um, but I really like the, the messages.
0: And uh, sometimes they're helpful too. Like yeah, there'll be some that are legit. Like Oh, be wary of ambush or watch left. And then when you walk forward, there's an enemy who jumps out from the left. And like, I'll go back a lot of times and you can appraise the messages and rate them as good or bad. So I'll be like, oh, Yeah, did you help me not die, I'll give them a thumbs up. And it, it actually gives you um It gives a free you a heal. Yeah. yeah. If if your message gets appraised so if you, that's a good one.
1: Good. Yeah,
0: and yeah, it encourages, encourages you,
2: to you to if you have a popular message that gets appraised four thousand times that's another way to play this game on easy mode. Cause you're just getting healed left and right all the time. Pre-heals, yeah. yeah. Um, so I love that mechanic. Um, and it does encourage, encourages creativity, encourages helping people out. There's also troll messages sometimes like people will put messages at the bottom of ladders or, you know, buy certain things. So, the, the you know the the button to read a message is the same button to climb a ladder. So if you're trying to panic, you know, climb a ladder to get away from someone, it, they can really troll you with the messages sometimes.
0: Wow. A lot uh, of times, but it'll that's just, just say another lever or ladder, and you're yeah. just reading <laughs> the word yeah. ladder. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> but that's yeah, just yeah, another yeah. you know aspect of, of this game, and I think uh, it's it's great. Yeah, yeah. in the community, again, there's always been the PvP community. Um, you know, people can invade you and try to kill you in your world. They'll get a special item that they can turn in for quest rewards on their end. Or you can have someone be summoned into your world to help you defeat those people. Or you could help, you know, it's a whole thing. Or you can even summon people to help you with a boss, right? yeah you can have people help you with a boss help you beat an area and that's all part of the built-in difficulty mitigation um you helped anybody fight any bosses or summoned any human players at all jacob
2: i have not i would like to mess around with the co-op stuff with with you and some of our other friends that are playing but yeah um i feel like that's i kind of like, have to beat like the game, game first yeah yeah for sure once that's i beat I'm the at. game and i've seen everything then the co-op stuff could be
0: really fun interesting can begin. colin did segment. you ever co-op with people in the other Souls games you'd experience. No,
1: because I was always so scared of invasions, Mike, that I would always kind of yeah. play disconnected. But before we even get your history of playing with multiplayers, mm-hmm. I will say watching the two of you side by side, not even um, oh, playing yeah. together. That's how we've been playing co-op. I mean, it is, it is because yeah. you are seeing each other. I'm commenting on both. It's the greatest moment ever, and I'll keep parroting it, but Normies, for those that didn't experience, these two uh, fucking knock back their own separate bosses at the same time and then delivered death blows at the exact same time, got the kill screen. I mean, it was fucking (laughs) fantastic.
2: We had simultaneous uh, criticals and then simultaneous deaths. it was like (laughs) it was perfectly synced it was amazing but we should say Normies what we've been doing and I think Um, A lot of people would have fun playing this. So what we do is we get on a Discord Mm. channel with all our friends that are playing this game. We'll have five, six people in there sometimes all playing their game or watching us play. And we'll stream it to each other. So we're all in different parts of the game. And we're just experiencing this game together. But we're all in different parts with different play styles, fighting different bosses. And it's just a blast.
1: You know, it's just it's so natural. It's so fun. It's so big yeah it's, it's it's so big you're never gonna run into that problem and normally forget who are listening about to it yeah we haven't said anything to even spoil like a, a thing in this we haven't even said the name of the first this. boss yeah exactly yeah. Not, Tree I I
0: notwithstanding it. the first proper <laughs> boss yeah
2: yeah the first main boss um
0: yeah i mean this- well, no, that's a good point jacob because yeah we're, we're literally like have four streams going and like everybody's just like What's that thing? Where is that? Hey, yeah. should you pull up oh, your map. I'm going to put a marker kill. on my map. And then we're like doing the shared discovery. It's like a schoolyard Look thing. Look at this it, mask I'm really, wearing. When we
2: yeah,
1: say when you get that, that
0: mask, you
2: know, you know this game yeah. doesn't give you guidelines all the time. You know, you'll talk to an NPC. They'll say, bring me this key. They won't tell you where the key is. They won't tell you, you know, anything about it. You just have to figure out where this key is. And it could it's be a marker across on your the map. map. <laughs> yeah, it could be literally... You know, on the other side of the map in a totally different region, and you just kind of have to figure it out if you don't, you know, look it up or something. Um, So, playing this game together, it's like we're all, you know, seeing different parts of the game for the first time,
0: and it's like a shared experience, right? Yeah, and this is maybe a good way to transition over to final thoughts. This last kind of bit here is I think the strength of this game, the strength of any open world game, is one that makes you believably feel like you're experiencing an adventure in a believable world. And I think they've definitely achieved that. Like you feel in peril as you're exploring, you feel a sense of wonder when you come upon a new mysterious place, you feel a sense of dread when you enter a catacomb you've never been in before. Yeah. Like it, 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 you feel like you're on an adventure. And so when you're playing with your friends, you're sharing information, like your cartographers, you go North, I'll go East, you go West, I'll go South. And you're just sharing the information to help each other survive. And I think that's even with the online community, the way it's always been intended, and the way Souls has been the most fun, is when it's like a sharing of information from the player base, not right. the developers putting waypoints on your map. And I really like that about it.
2: Totally. And I think you know, I said it a little bit in the beginning. The way they built this game as an open world game, uh, it draws you in and it w- makes you want to go explore. Whereas, you know, I've played you know all the Far Cries, the Fallout's. All those games. This is the first game in a while that I've really had that sense of discovery and wanted to go to the next area. You know, I think Far Cry 5, I played that recently. It's it's a great game. I enjoyed it a lot. But it does follow that Ubisoft format where it's like, oh, I see all these little question marks on my map. I know I have to go there. When you there have a it quest, is. it tells you exactly where to go. The and map, it, Jacob. Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I. A lot of times with those games, I like to take the mini map off the HUD. There's usually yes. options you can do that, like accessibility options. And I like to just explore because when you know exactly where to go, you don't have that sense of exploration that makes you want to just wander around and see what you run into. You know, I've had you know when I played Witcher Three, it, it, that game even is like that. But the story is so good that it that it holds my interest. You know.
1: But those, right, right, right. those Assassin's Creeds, those Far Cries, because I love them too, Jacob. In the past, when it was literally just, you have those big dumb maps, and they're all sort of like blocked out except the area you're in. And the only thing you're ever going to see on that map is those places, those like bases or hubs or whatever, that will open up the rest of the map. I used to yeah. like that in a checklisty sort of way. The yeah. fact that now... Even Breath of the Wild, which I would consider my favorite open world game of all time, because God won't give Mm -hmm. me a PS5, and that's fine, and I've come to terms with Mm. that, (laughs) uh, is one day one day littered with five thousand individual icons for every instance of a thing. You want to know where ore to mine something specifically is? We'll show you on the map because if you zoom into micro times a thousand, here's an insignia for where that is. And I just go like, that is wild how easy games have become
2: yeah it's it's right, it's right, holding right. the player's hand it's making it more accessible if you're a casual gamer and you get into one of these games you don't want to spend hours looking for something you just want to play it through the game i understand that you know, Elden Ring is not, I would say, for casual gamers, although it could be. Um, but I'm glad you brought up Breath of the Wild because I think that's the closest open world comparison to this game. Um, it does take certain elements from Breath of the Wild. Um, but like you, you know, I used to like that, you know, like I said, I've played every major game. Uh, open world game at some point and I like sometimes having a checklist where I just mindlessly go from thing to thing but you just don't get that sense of exploration. you don't appreciate the world in the same way and with those games like Far Cry a lot of times it's like copy pasted you know bandit camps towers you gotta climb to unlock Mm. the enemy it's just you know it can get really mind numbing Uh, this game there's no copy pasted like every region is so distinct everything is so unique they really put a lot of care into how this world's constructed, how certain areas connect to other areas. Uh, some places you can only get to, you know, going certain ways. Uh, and the way, the, and again, they don't even give you the map at the beginning of the game. You have to find the fragments of the map to get the detailed map. Otherwise, you just wow. have like a gray blob, right?
0: So it if really tells you here's where you get the map piece. No, you, can intuit, you just have to figure oh. it out. There's a symbol wow. for it on the map, but the game doesn't tell you. Like, you can see it in the unexplored region. Oh, like there's a little symbol, but they don't tell you that's what a map is. Yeah. You have to figure that out when you find one and put two and two together. And then when you find new areas, oh, I got to find that little map thing. And it's and like, literally, this game doesn't awesome. even
2: tell you how big it is until you unlock the different areas. Like with a Far Cry, it's you can see like
0: sector by sector. You right? get yeah. the layout.
2: Even if it's you know clouded or you know fog of war or whatever, you can see how big the continent is generally, how big the landmass is. This game, it's like you you don't even realize until you open up a new area. Like wow, there's this whole other area. Like the map just keeps doubling, and it's it's really it unlike any game I've played. Tripling, yeah. yeah. There's underground. There's secret uh, elevators you can take to a whole nother plane of oh the world. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Do you all it have a really favorite is.
1: spot yet? Uh, Hogwarts.
0: Hogwarts oh, yeah, was very cool. We could mention... Uh, that's. Well, we'll mention some names of locations. Nothing, yeah. No spoilers. No spoilers the Raya Lucaria Academy, right? It's a yeah, uh, pretty Ryalucari early Academy. legacy dungeon. That's um, the magic area. We call it Hogwarts because it's all yeah. the sorcerers. The
2: first place you're going like to be directed to is Stormvale Castle, right? That's the first objective Stormvale that you get. Is like, Castle. go to Stormvale Castle, mm-hmm. figure out what's going on there. That's the first legacy dungeon. Uh, I thought The
0: first main story... Yeah. You know, objective too. Yeah.
2: Um wow. you know, there's Limgrave, that's the area you start in. There's Kalid, that's the kind of hellscape. Uh
1: Kalid.
2: Kalid, everything is on yeah. fire and rotting and poison every- <laughs> and rotten and mutated.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's very berserk. Um
2: but each each area is very distinct and it's just like that yeah. sense of and exploration. It's my- just like really no game I've played before
0: yeah and i have a favorite area and it ties into that concept because as colin's saying you know you get other open worlds jacob's saying it too far cry they show you where all the important areas are and again miyazaki's been saying since demon souls i want players to feel empowered through like their own discovery their own exploration their own kind of effort and the difference between going to the waypoint in skyrim and talking to the npc who's clearly explaining your quest list versus stumbling upon some mystery yeah. pulling the thread of that sweater yourself, figuring out the clues and then all of a sudden you're at this new location or, you know, it's like, guys, I, I, I found this guy and he was in a swamp and then I talked to him and I had to go over here, like, and then you get this reward, like, there's nothing like it, why would you no. want anything else you know, and, and it's incredible <laughs> and so my favorite area is just a random castle because it's there's a lot of non-story areas so there's a lot of locations <laughs> like that. that are super cool and fleshed out but you could miss them completely. So, so one what area you'll have area? to find it yourself. It's called the Shaded Castle, and it's like there's a crazy guy called the Briar Knight, and has some connections <laughs> to other optional content. I, yeah, I will say there's a very hard boss in this game. They say it's the hardest boss in any Souls game. Wow, this ties into that. Now you got but be like you have no idea. Yeah, and I've yet to fight that boss. So and we'll just to that. show but,
2: you. How big this game is! Yeah. I have not been to that area. I have no idea where it is. Wow! Uh, mm-hmm. That you're talking about. So that's insane.
1: Briar Knight. That's is a definitely minor George R. Area. Area. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the item I'd...
0: descriptions are real juicy, and and George R. R. Martin was the one who told him to put finger butthole in the game. He's <laughs> yeah. Such a good writer. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's what wow. he was writing. That's the popular meme. There is course, one. Yes. The sense of discovery. Yeah. It's unlike any other open world game. Even with Skyrim, like I don't get super excited when I, you know, discover something. It's like, well, you told me to go there. Yeah. Go to the dungeon. It's right here. It's not like I just found it. I just found this dungeon and I went in and, and now I'm fighting. <laughs> and these I've had guys.
2: that, you know, sensor discovery a few times in my, you know, gaming past. Like, you know, the first time I played Fallout New Vegas, the first time I played Witcher Three. But even in those games, they give you waypoints exactly where to go. I have to actively like force myself not to look because I want to explore the game at my own pace, you know? So Mm -hmm. I do wish there was more games like this.
1: You bring up a very interesting point, Jacob, because I think there's one last element, I guess I want to ask you guys about before we go Mm -hmm. to our our final part here. Um, You know, I've always found souls games to have the greatest like enemy AI. I, I think they really are just like alive and responsive and reactive but then you mm-hmm. just saying other open world games, Jacob, made me think of the one I guess I kind of held in the highest regard to before this, even though I think Breath of the Wild is my favorite, would be Red Dead 2. And mm. the idea of that is, is that the world is so alive. Um, yes. How, how, how is it with NPCs and, you know, just other interactions with stuff? Does it really feel I would say big and fleshed out that way, too? It's
2: different because i think um red dead was such a story focused game such a narrative focused game that it felt like a real living world where the npcs had their own lives i think this isn't really on that level because all the npcs are generally there just to kill you so they're kind of just standing around (laughs) waiting for you to show up um but the variety of enemies in this game the variety of locations keeps it super interesting they don't like a lot of games you'll just get you know again far cry copy pasted bandits you know you're going to be fighting the same people over and over and over this game the amount of different enemies different common enemies different bosses it's insane it's really it's really something
0: i will say on the npc side uh, souls games are notorious for having convoluted npc side quests that pretty much everybody can miss all of them yep yeah you're not looking for that it wasn't the right covenant
1: mike (laughs) you're like yep
0: right yeah (laughs) So I played for about 60 hours before I encountered and completed a, or started, I haven't completed it, but started an NPC side quest that I assume you were supposed to run into within the first 10 hours. Wow. So I, I ended up finding a really early game NPC quest line 60 hours in and then just started it. I'm like, I totally missed this and I'm still trying to yeah. finish it. And there's other quest lines in the round table hold. That's, that's kind of your home base. Like, there are NPC quest lines, but nobody tells you how to start them or what the circumstances are, are to do it. Yeah, like if yeah. you
2: if you don't talk to a you certain to NPC before <laughs> beating a boss, you can lose that quest line forever.
0: Ah, oh, uh, yeah, right. yeah, I've lost a couple actually, and I'll have to do a second place. Yeah, so. you were even yeah. watching me
2: the other day, and I was doing one. And you're like, oh, I missed all that, and I already beat that boss that's at the end of that quest line. So you missed a bunch of like, uh, you know, NPC dialogue and stuff.
0: I only had the bread of the sandwich. I missed all the, all the meat and (laughs) cheese and lettuce. I just had the beginning and close. I didn't know there was other character interaction. But at the same time,
2: you can still play through this game and miss some of those quests and still, you know, get a complete experience. But it's like, you're going to want to like, as soon as I beat this game, I'm going to want to start a new game, not even new game. Plus I'm going to want to do a completely different build because I'm interested to try out like the magic. And I know I'm going to run into stuff that I missed the first time, you know?
0: Yeah, and with the NPCs, too, in, in every Souls game, a lot of them are tied to uh, potential build styles. Like, there'll be a, a sorcerer NPC quest line. There'll be, a, you know, an assassin NPC. So, like, if you want to get certain high-level spells and stuff, you'll need to find those particular NPCs and be sure you don't miss their quest lines the next time you kind of go through the game. So, everything has a purpose, nothing superfluous, and it's just it's really well-intentioned, and it's, it's the greatest hits of... Uh, from software's catalog you yeah know? so with that said maybe it's time to go to our final thoughts you know head to the round table hold one last time let's uh, chat it up elden ring tarnished hello tarnished
1: We're back now. We didn't say up top Joe is dead, but we just ran over and picked up his runes, so we should be doing good. And I think we're we'll be able to, to summon him together. for
0: next week. Yep,
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> to when we finally complete the Elden Ring mm-hmm. and become Elden Lords, little little Lord Elden boys, mm-hmm. as we plan to do. One day. But we're here talking our final thoughts on Elden Ring.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this game, it's 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 funny. We, we've spent over an hour discussing it, and it's like, we really haven't talked about it. You know, like, the plot. What is it? Talked I mean, I'm I pro- kind of far yeah. in the game, but I, I kind of know. You know, like, you'll figure it out yourself, you know, listeners, when you play it, but it's like, oh, I, I don't know. What's it about? <laughs> on that note,
1: I've watched Jacob so many times, he's like, oh, I think this is a story boss. I don't really know what's going on. Hold on, I gotta beat this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. and maybe that's your character's well, journey.
0: On. He just has no clue of the world around him and he just walks forward and kills and that's his story and that's all you'll get like out it. of it but it's still pretty badass
2: and obviously FromSoft known for kind of their vague story uh, they don't you know again they don't hold your hand with gameplay they don't hold your hand with story uh, Bloodborne I could not tell you what was going on in that game at any point in time <laughs> about this game <laughs> I've got a basic understanding of like who different characters are and how they relate but I'm still like
0: what's going what's on core two plot? fingers what's like, the what? conflict i don't really know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you'll we'll figure it out leave but, it to body no, vidya if you're a fan of souls you know Vadi vidya he'll figure it of out for us prepare to cry the lore master the lore master yeah. himself um but yeah so we've spent an hour i'm at 60 hours i see this as my initial like I'll probably play this first playthrough for like 200 hours. Just see all that I can see. Wow. And then I'll start yeah. getting into, you know, challenge runs and and things like that. But I guess for final thoughts, uh, first of all, um, the Berserk sword, the gut sword in this game is probably the best it's ever been. Uh, Demon Souls has been an influence on, all right, Berserk has been an Berserk. influence on the Souls series since Demon's Souls, very clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, sadly, Miura passed away, uh, last year. And I have to think that making the gut sword so good in this game is, is intentional. And they even redesigned That's it nice. graphically to look more like it. Um, and there's even a yeah. sort of a monument to, uh,
2: him with the, uh, sword sticking out of the ground, which is another reference to Bzerk, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. And so, so, you know, again, Mizaki is influenced by many things. Uh, one of them being Berserk, other ones being, you know, Western fantasy. And he would read books that were above his reading level and he didn't understand it completely. So, that's why he likes to tell stories that you got to fill in the blanks and things mm. like that. And so, this is just doing all of that on a grand scale. And, yeah. you know, Demon's Souls is my favorite. That doesn't mean it's the best, but it has the strongest atmosphere. And the way they've designed wow. this open Still, world, it feels like the atmosphere is just as dense as it was in the original Demon Souls. Just times a thousand, you know, and yeah, I think they hit it out of the park. It's a masterpiece. It's the most accessible one. The variety of player expression has never been higher because it's Bloodborne. It's Sekiro it's dark souls, (laughs) three, two demon souls. It's a greatest hits album and they're playing all of the hits and none of the duds. In my opinion, quality of life is improved. You can teleport right from the gate. There's no long boss runs. You know, usually you get a checkpoint right outside a boss door. Any of the friction is removed. And if you want it to be harder, you can easily add friction for yourself. I think it's a perfect blend and balance for newcomers and veterans alike. 10 out of 10, game yeah. of the year. Check it out. Wow. Don't wow. be intimidated. I, it's game of the year already. I'm predicting it now. See where no, we are I later. No, I have to. <laughs> later. At the, yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: I, I, I have to totally agree with you, Mike. I mean, not to hammer this point on too much, but. Uh, really I think the biggest success of this game was keeping that difficulty keeping what made the dark Souls games great but making it more accessible and the translation to open world people were worried about it, it it's it's you know a complete success and you know what can what can we really say uh, I wanted to point out so you know the other big game to come out recently was, Horizon Forbidden West, right, mm. which is a sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, which I've played a little bit of as well. And that is much more, uh, both these games very well reviewed. Uh, this game, you know, Horizon has great graphics, apparently, you know, a good story and all that, but it follows that same, uh, you know, Ubisoft format, baby starts checkpoints open everywhere.
0: World,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the comparison between these two games is, is quite, you know, stark. And uh pretty much I mean this again might be selection bias, but all my friends are playing Elden Ring right now. I don't know anyone who's playing Horizon Forbidden West, not to say that it's not a good game in its own right, but I just think that shows you how successful this game has been. Game of the year, of course, I have to agree. Um this will be looked at wow. as a classic for years. Twenty years from now, people are saying, you know, how, how people look at, you know, whatever classic you want to say from the nineties or two thousands, like this will be, be a game of memory Ocarina
0: whatever. of time. It's it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's up there. It's just it's, it, it's an all-timer, stuff. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree, Colin, after watching this, do you agree with that assessment or do you disagree?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's just astounding. My opinion's not really going to matter till I get my hands on it. Yeah, you got to feel you know? it. I mean, yep. it's it's just yeah, you know, watching Try you two guys handing. has just been endlessly fun. <laughs> I've got a two-in my controller here. Right. Um I just I'm, I'm just so impressed with how articulately you guys put just what makes it so exciting. And I, I, I knew it, just picking up the vibe from watching you guys and experiencing it visually. But no, it, it is so much more, it sounds like, when you get your hands on it. And, yeah. um, and
2: you can only really yeah, experience so much from watching it, like yeah. any game. Feel it, yeah. And I, you
1: know, I asked earlier, yeah, would this game be allowed to be as hard if it was just a new game? My, I, I guess what the underlying question I was getting for was, do you think this will inspire open world games to be like this? To be, I guess, quote unquote, like real world games, or, or whatever. Even you would want to apply this new world of just like um, realistic detachment, right? To to allow hmm. you to actually explore these exploratory open world. games. Kind of hands off. Um, I really so. don't think so. I I think you don't think so. I, because of you just literally reminding me of Zero Dawn, I just think that there is such a built-in market of – and, you know, you, you see that argument all the time, Jacob. You, you said about the casual gamer thing, but you hear people be like, I paid $60. I get one hour a week where my wife's not yelling at me where I'm allowed to play a video game. Oh, why would I want to walk around, you know, Elden Ring uh, and, right. like, and just get killed for an hour? That's not fun. That's not a game. Yeah. But uh, – it is. I mean, it it, it. it. Well, I just. I live for the challenge. That's all it's ever yeah. going to be.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got its core fan base, and I think this is already like the most played, the most bought from software game ever. It's Their biggest success financially, and mm-hmm. I think if you want to play a casual game, if you want to play Assassin's Creed. Far Cry. That's great. That niche has been filled. You know, like Ubisoft's mm. not going to stop making games. Like they're going to make Far Cry Seven. They're going to make Guarantee Assassin's it. Creed. You know, uh, Canada, not whatever be that it different is. Either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're going to keep that formula. There's plenty of games like that if you want that. If you want something different, Elden Ring is here, and I hope it does inspire other games to be a little bit different. You know, try new things. I think it's a great direction for games, for open world games, and for all games to go into.
0: Yeah, and we see, yeah. you know, there's a lot of the Souls-like genre has been spawned, and things, you know, like Shovel Knight or Hades is almost like a Souls-inspired roguelike. But um, I, I want to highlight kind of this journey that from software has gone through, and Hidatakami Izaki himself. He's 31 years old. He works for Oracle uh, Systems, doing, like, IT. And he wants to just get into gaming because he likes eco. and he, He's sick of his career. So he's 31 years old. Gets a job at From Software, does some middling stuff, finds out about a game they're going to cancel. that's a Western fantasy game. He's like, I, I really like that stuff. I'm going to try to take it over. Takes it over, makes Demon Souls. Everyone thinks it's going to suck. The Sony head of marketing or whatever is like, this game is crap. No one's going to buy it. It's too hard. Becomes game of the year. You know, Dark Souls comes out, changes everything, smash hit, Dark Souls 2, 3, Bloodborne, game of the year, you know, Sekiro... He becomes president of From Software because of all of these bangers and changing the gaming landscape. He is now president of the company that he joined when he was 31 with no game development experience. And now to have made 10, 11 years later, what is potentially the best work the studio has ever done.
1: The culmination. They
0: just keep making hits. My question, where does it go from here? How does it get any better than this? I can't right. imagine it. They, they haven't dropped the ball. Knock on wood. When will they? How will they? And it's and quickly, Battlefield, yeah. unfinished. Halo, unfinished. 60 bucks. <laughs> I can play this for 5,000 hours. And it was a base yes. price. Like, they are right. showing you and how Mike, it's, it's done. It's so refreshing to
2: see this with From Software where, you know, uh, people love The Witcher 3. One of the best games of its era. Yeah. CD project red had a, had a great reputation. Uh, cyberpunk 2077 was hugely, hugely hyped, similar to how Elden ring was hyped. We were scared. People were looking forward to it. It came out. We all know what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so junk. it's just great. To, <laughs> it's just great to see. Yeah. And their reputation obviously has not recovered can't rebuild in that terms trust. of what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's good to see, you know, from soft, like actually living up to the hype and like, elden ring this is the game that people needed lots going on in the world oh you know people
1: needed people are a game they like this happy game to
0: escape from it all <laughs> something like to
1: put your <laughs> yeah. energy into now mike to your question because it is a fascinating question about where yes. do we go from where here go? now i said culmination it is you love to see a company learn from every game they've made to okay that and the next one we'll refine we'll refine we'll refine this is
0: their stadium and
1: tour and <laughs> <laughs> and jumping from the action-adventure genre, I guess, um, to open world now, do they keep going genre-wise is the next step? I don't even know if these are popular anymore, but given their social interest, is it an MMO? Like, is it, you know, is it just, do they make the biggest game ever? I don't know.
2: I don't know. There's. I think they could either go back to, they can make another Dark Souls they could make bloodborne 2 a lot of people have long been asking heard. for that for a long yeah. time yeah. or they could try you know who knows they might make elden ring 2 they might do something totally different i have no idea what they're going to where they're going to go from here you
0: know yeah they've always kind of just done whatever the hell they want and it, you know a lot of people you know they consider bloodborne the best you know and you know it, it's hard it's your it's an individual preference thing but a lot of people do want that bloodborne sequel maybe will cuz you do something this big it's like an actor, you know. I'm doing a Marvel movie. Now let me just go do kind of an independent feature, you know, do a little artsy. The second thing.
1: chapter to a book, even. It's yeah. Something I know.
0: Yeah, like this thing's. I do be think. Around. Uh, yeah, I think probably for the next
2: game, I'm imagining it'll be something smaller scope-wise because Elden Ring also took so long in development. I mean, yeah, it's a huge right. game, so detailed. Obviously, it took a really, really long time to perfect. And I'm glad that they took all the time they needed and didn't release an unfinished product, which so many game studios do. But Mm -hmm. I think a smaller game in the future, there might go back to that next.
1: Now to that point though, Jacob, if we're even just staying on this game, Elden Ring one is the next step patches. Is it DLC? Do you, do you see something like that coming for this? Hmm. I
2: Yeah, there probably might be DLC. Um, performance wise, there are, you know, people have had some some issues with like frame rate and that kind of On thing. On PC but specifically, to, it's been a little rough. Yeah, but compared to most like triple A game, AAA games that come out these days, like it has like it's released in such a good state. I mean, Very look successful. at Halo. Look at Cyberpunk. Like these game games don't come out without bugs anymore. No. But this game seems to have. So yeah.
0: it's insane. It, it's a, it's literally the type of game they are making. The type of Challenge they're presenting the player with, and even just releasing it finished is a throwback to a bygone era. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, no wow. one completes they don't their do games that anymore. anymore. Yeah. So, the, the no. integrity of Miyazaki and FromSoft, and now under his leadership, it's just going to come down to who do you groom to be the lead designer? If you're not getting in the trenches designing, how do you maintain ah. that quality? I'm sure he'll figure it out because so far, so good. Again, knock on wood. Um, and it's just, it's just good to have a finished game. There will be patches, especially on the PVP side. There's some builds mm. that are just blatantly broken and like you need to tweak some damage modifiers. Every souls game had those kind of patches with balancing for PVP. So we'll, we'll get there, but, mm. uh, DLC could be coming. Dark souls two, the best content in the game was the three DLCs. So, um, right. they've all had say- DLC except demon souls, I believe.
1: Yeah, I would say for three too. Now, Mike, if he's really open to working with collaborators like uh, George RR, mm-hmm. um, who who is the developer who did like ICO and Shadow of the Colossus?
0: Um, I can't blue. I can't remember the official, but
1: that's the guy who
0: inspired him. To get into I games. that's funny that you mentioned Shadow of the Colossus together because
1: that's a game yeah. that's a lot like Elden Ring where it's very sparse in its language, quote unquote, or how it communicates yeah. to you, but also well, they rich even have and these gigantic. Uh,
2: they have these things in Elden Ring called walking mont or walking uh, mausoleums. Ma- mausoleums. Yeah, wow. yeah, they're these giant very things scary. with a bell on them that that rings as they're walking, and it literally oh, reminded me them, yes. of
0: Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, you have to like climb up uh, on, them. and it's a uh, team Ico. Um, and the main guy we want to deal with is Fumito Ueda. So
1: that's I would what ins- like to see them coming together. That's maybe. a perfect match. Definitely some
0: inspiration. There, that's yeah. what inspired yeah. him to get into gaming. It was the game Eco. Yeah. He's like, you can tell stories wow. like this. I want to do it, and yeah. so that's the collab we need. Team Eco from Software. That, that's it. That's the Incredible. only answer I have. Even riding All the horse feels is- like Colossus. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally. All I want to say is, everyone go buy this game. Support this Please. game as much as possible. You know, give them a financial incentive and say for other game studios to be like, "Wow, this this
0: game's doing really good. We should try something like that." We should that. actually try to finish our product and you know, <laughs> yeah, launch something worth paying for.
1: Well, we should right. release more chips for more PlayStations so that maybe Colin <laughs> could play one too, or maybe not have supply issues. <laughs> no, <no, no>.
0: <laughs> you need to invade maybe another one player, day. defeat them, and then take their PlayStation. That's yes, the only way I, I do it at this point. But you yeah. are defeated. Yeah, I call them a foul tarnish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it snuff out the flame of their ambition. The first boss in the game, I won't say the name of it, but literally when you die, it's like, put these foolish ambitions aside. Like, stop trying, oh, you wow, suck. that's some smack. They're literally beating you down with the first boss, Go even psychologically. Give, yeah. up. <laughs> Give up. Give up. A lot of people have said the first boss, the
2: first main story boss in this game, is one of the most hard, like, it's like a mid-level Dark Souls boss. Like, it's not an easy, like, Love it's definitely it. a a level gate to like it's like a it's a difficulty check to be like if you you know if you're actually good enough to move past this
0: part of the game Mm -hmm. and he he reminds you constantly when you fail (laughs) yeah to just give it up man like never do it never give up dark souls (laughs) about don't ever surrender Elden ring you can do this believe in yourself and why do we get knocked down master wayne to throw back to our batman episode get back up again not, not, my dad, oh, not my dad alfred oh jeez i'm gonna go brood batman um, probably loves these games
1: he would because he's a brooding little boy but we're mm-hmm. brooding little men and um, that's right all our listeners like jacob said buy this game we want to know if you're playing it you can hit us up at normies underscore like underscore us and be like yo that bleep boss was so hard and when i went down to bleep We'll love that. It'll be very exciting. Uh, and of course, like, subscribe, share, check us out on the YouTube page. Please, it helps us out, truly.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining us on this very specific yet very vague discussion on Elden Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> <We laughs> this really is a serious quest. That.
1: With, of mm-hmm. course, uh, your host, um, Colin Souls 3.
0: Mike at Fell Omen. And this is. Jacob, the loathsome dung eater. Oh, gross. (laughs) (laughs) Invade you next time, Normans.
1: Ooh, bye.
0: Bye. Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey.